Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger, and I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Then Go Save the World. My book is all about helping people love and be loved more than ever. I believe we all have a superhero of love inside of us. Yes, even you, superhero. And in this podcast, I talk to people who are all about helping us all tap into that superhero. May this episode make a difference for your heart. Let's get this party started. Hey, 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 superheroes. Today is a special day. Today I have a guest joining us from heaven. (laughs) I don't have a live guest. I have a guest who passed away last week. An angel, somebody very special in my life who was an angel to me when she was alive and is an angel to me now. And as I sat down to record this, I was very quickly, I went to Instagram to quickly post something, which I ended up not posting because I found at the top of my feed a post from Elizabeth Gilbert. And it is so extraordinarily synchronistic. I am going to read it after I tell you why it's synchronistic. So on Sunday, a few family members of my dear friend who departed, her name was Adelaide Hickson, and she was 101 when she passed away last Wednesday. A few of her family members and I went to All Saints Church in Pasadena, which is an extraordinary church. Look them up. If you're ever in the Los Angeles area and you're, it's an Episcopal church, but you don't have to be Episcopal. I'm not Episcopal. I don't go all the time. I go every once in a while. But All Saints Church was Adelaide's church. She was very active in the church, gave to the church, etc. Adelaide was a great philanthropist, politically active, helped get Adam Schiff started on his way even. Um, but we went to All Saints Church, a small group of us, mostly family, to hear her name spoken in the list of people from the parish who had died last week. And I hadn't been in a probably over a year to All Saints, and there was a visiting um, rector. I think that's the name of what she is. I'm so sorry if it's wrong. <laughs> Her name is Becca Stevens, and she's from Thistle Farms in Tennessee. She is unbelievable and in fact so unbelievable that I asked her to be on the podcast and I'm going to interview her in January. Becca Stevens was there and her sermon was about dance and dancing with God and how we have to take every opportunity to dance in life and especially dancing with God. And I'm kind of bastardizing the 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 sermon but I think you get the gist of it. Um, Bring my words to their most exalted form, and then you're there. (laughs) And they, they had the children's choir sing, I'm telling you the most beautiful song I've ever heard in a church. And it was about dancing, also dancing with God, dancing into that joy of God. So, It was this exquisite 
thing. And it wasn't, this was not um, a memorial or a funeral. This was literally us going to witness the moment when her name was spoken in her church as someone who had passed away. So dancing with God has been in my mind ever since that day, four days ago. So I landed on Instagram as I sat down to record this and found this post from Liz Gilbert with a really joyous photograph of her in motion. Um, And you can see that she is in fact dancing. And she writes, if there's one piece of advice that I could give everyone today, it is dance. Right now, stand up out of the chair that you are seated in or the bed that you are brooding in or the couch that has taken you captive. Put on some music and dance. Yes, even though you don't even though you don't feel like it. Dance. Dancing is free. It is available at any moment. You sometimes don't even need music, but music is almost always available to us these days. There's probably music stored on the very device that you are staring into right now in loneliness and silence. Release that music and dance. You can dance from a seated position if mobility is not yours. If you can only lift one arm, dance that arm. You can dance and weep at the same time. In the first year that Rhea died, I danced every single morning. Dancing is the only reason that I did not sink into all-consuming despair. I am here to tell you that there is no day in your life in which you cannot dance. This is a picture that my friend took of me dancing at the day on the day of Rhea's cremation. And Rhea, for those who don't know, was a, the great love of her life. Dancing is a way that you can talk to the dead and feel them and move with them. There is a weight of grief that often wants to settle in your bones, a weight that tells you a story of weakness and hopelessness and being frozen. Dancing tells the true story, that there is nothing in this universe that is not moving and changing at every moment. Move with it, even if you are in tears. Dancing is the opposite of collapsing. Dance. I love you. Isn't that the most beautiful post? And I know that Adelaide would want us all to be dancing. And it was so incredibly appropriate that the, that the entire day at All Saints was about dance and dancing with God. And I just picture her dancing with God. And I know that she wouldn't want any of us to be sad. She had such a great life. And I cherish the last um, several years with her. When she, I had a very hilarious thing happen with her when she first um, uh, was making a step toward leaving this world. It was actually several years ago and she called me and she said, a terrible thing has happened. And that was very unlike Adelaide. She would never start a conversation that way. And in fact, she rarely focused on anything negative. A terrible thing has happened. And I said, oh my God, what, what? And she said, I've been put on oxygen. I'm never leaving my house again. Um, and I said, well, I'm sure there's a way that we can have you leave the house. And no, I'm not leaving the house again. She was very stubborn. And um, and then I said, all right, then I'll come visit you. That's fine. I'll bring the world to you. And she said, no, 
And she said, and no more gifts, no more, no more visits, no more gifts. And she kind of, and then she hung up on me. (laughs) It was very harsh. And then, so I had to come to terms with, um, with that. And how I came to terms with that is I would send her notes and because she didn't forbid me from sending notes. So I sent her notes, love notes very regularly, and she would send back notes. So there was no more talking to her on the phone. There was no more visiting her until about a year and a half, a year or a year and a half after that, it was conveyed to me that Adelaide was wondering why I was not visiting her. (laughs) So I hopped to and made an appointment with her scheduling nurse to immediately schedule an appointment to go and see her. And, and I've been, had been seeing her regularly ever since then. And we had amazing visits together. And I recorded actually many of the visits because she would start saying something really hilarious. And I would say, wait, I have to record this because I want to remember it. And I've so very, very sadly lost um, all but one of those recordings. So I knew that I would want them and I often had them. I often wanted to take these to take these recordings of what she was saying so that I can convey to her granddaughter, who's one of my dearest friends, Beanie, convey to her um, these hilarious and wise things that she would say and often say things about Beanie and I wouldn't want to bastardize what she had said about her. So, so, um, so it's very sad that I don't have those recordings, most of those recordings, but I do have um, incredible memories and, and um, Adelaide was such an important part of my childhood. I, I knew her for, my goodness gracious, I knew her for 45 years because we met when I was 11 years old and um, going to her Santa Barbara Beach house with Beanie and um, Adelaide and, and Adelaide's husband, Alec, who was also a special, amazing man. Um, going there on, and other friends um, was a very special part of growing up. And over the last 15 years until last year, when the house was sold, um, we we would go, a, a group of us from high school would reunite there once a year for our chick weekends. And we would have a glorious, um, a glorious time having more adventures, the adult version of the, um, (laughs) the middle school and high school versions. And we would be enveloped by memories of childhood and enveloped by Adelaide really and what she created in this beach house, every design element. She was, um, we were kindred spirits because we both loved butterflies when I was a child and I've always loved butterflies, but it started at an early age. And when we went to the wicker works and I walked in the door and saw the first butterfly, it was filled with butterflies, butterfly art, butterfly pillows, butterfly glasses, butterfly, everything. I knew that I was with a kindred spirit and indeed we remained kindred spirits. Um, 
And she was, in my book, Superhero of Love, I talk about the love league, the friends that you can go to um, to help you walk through the difficult heart times when your heart is on fire, when your heart is heavy and you need someone to help you carry it. And I actually hesitated to see her right after the breakup that, that is what is what inspired this book. I hesitated to go see her because sometimes Adelaide could be very harsh with me, but it was always so good for me. And I didn't have anybody else. I didn't have really any adults in my life that were harsh in that specific way. Um, kind of redirecting me and taking me firmly by the arm um, to say, you might, you know, let's don't go there. Don't go in that direction. And I didn't always agree with her. So it's not that I followed every bit of advice that she gave me, but most often I did agree with her. So, but she could be, she could be fiery herself. So when I was in the middle of what I called the crazy fires, the crazy firestorms, um, when right after the breakup, I, she invited me to come to dinner and go to the theater with her. And I wasn't sure that that was necessarily the best thing for my heart, but something said go. And I did. And, um, I wrote about it in the book and I'm actually going to read it right now. So this is the section on crazy firestorms, um, which is that time right after a heart break or a, um, traumatic thing happening that where that causes your heart to what I consider when, when this happens to me, at least I, I feel like my heart is on fire and I can't, I can't calm the flames. And so I call those the crazy firestorms. When I was in the middle of the crazy firestorms that followed my breakup with Mr. X, I couldn't imagine relief ever coming. Many of my girlfriends experience insomnia when they're in the throes of these firestorms. I don't. But while I could sleep through the night, I often woke up exhausted from working so hard in my dreams. My days felt like crazy mountain climbing expeditions in which I first trudged uphill against the sadness, then ran back down into the valleys aflame with anger, up and down, up and down, always running away from some uncomfortable emotion. One evening, I went out with my, at the time, 96-year-old friend Adelaide for a little respite. Adelaide is my dear friend Beanie's grandma, who has been a source of love league wisdom since I was 11. She loves to give advice regarding relationships. She earned it, married over 60 years until the death of her husband. The first tidbit she gave me when I was in a long-term relationship in my 20s was always to have my own secrets. I still want to try that one out. It sounds juicy. Adelaide loved Mr. X, so she was upset about the breakup. I saw her right after it happened and told her that I couldn't imagine ever falling in love again. She responded, well, of course not. You've been singed. She was right. It was then that I realized that those little singes can reignite old firestorms from the past. In fact, a recent loss can ignite a full-blown inferno if you haven't healed the wounds of your past. One of Adelaide's greatest gifts to me was in being a grounding force in the face of my drama queen perspectives. 
The loss of Mr. X was a singe, not an inferno, and it was my job to manage what I had let grow into a crazy firestorm. So, and Adelaide was, was so lovely around that breakup. She was so lovely when I was with the man I refer to as Mr. X in the book. Um, she was so lovely to him. She was lovely to both of us when, when I was in that relationship. She always invited us over to play with her. She was um, amazing. And, and she really was. She was, she was affected um, by the breakup. She was very sad um, for me and for him also. Um, so I, so Adelaide was, was a major force in my, in my love league. The lovely, your love league is the, is the, is composed of the people in your life that you can count on or ask to be counted on during times when your heart is heavy or, and you need help carrying it. Sometimes we need help carrying our heavy hearts, um, or you need someone who will quell, help you quell those flames. And Adelaide was that for me. And at the back of my book, I have these um, exercises, mighty flame boosters. So if you get through the book and you need some little extra boosters for your heart, or you need something when you return to the book um, to, to boost, boost your heart flame, that mighty flame in the center of your, of your being that is the source of the most pure divine love. If you need help boosting that, um, you can turn to these, to the back of the book, to these exercises. And one of them is an exercise called first date. And, um, in which I encourage people to, if after a relationship has ended, sometimes it's hard for us to walk out into the world, not as a couple, as a single again. And some people, I I have even friends that are, that have never been comfortable, like going to dinner alone or going to restaurants alone. Um, It's just not something that they're comfortable with. So I, I suggest people have a first date with themselves, the first date after the relationship ends and um and have a glorious time and and see how beautiful they are and start growing one of the five superpowers that i mention in the book which is super self love which is pretty self explanatory but in it in this exercise i start the exercise out with a quote from adelaide which is something that she would always say to me she was always checking in are you dating and um and if i would tell her of somebody that I was interested in or I had started dating, she would say, offer friendship first, then see where it goes. It was always offer friendship first, then see where it goes. I just love that. And she would always say that no matter what, no matter who it was that I was interested in or had started dating. Friendship first, then see where it goes. So um, it's a very poignant time for me it's you know when somebody dies when they're 101 and they really she was not suffering um she was just spending very very peaceful times largely peaceful times just reviewing her life and um receiving visitors from time to time and i just feel so blessed that i was able to visit with her and and um 
and share things with her. I remember one time that I went and she said she was talking about how then one of her nurses had been reading to her the day prior. And I said, Oh my God, I would love to read to you. Do you want me to read to you? And, um, when I had first started visiting her, I asked her if that was something that she wanted to do. And she said, no. And, and again, you know, this is, I think this might've been one of the very last visits that I had with her. She said, no, 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 that's not what I want from our visits. Um, she would be very clear about what she wanted, which was so great, always up, up to the very end. And she made me laugh really hard up to the end. And she was, you know, sharp as attack. Uh, in most moments, um, up to the very end as well, which I hope that I am that sharp when I am near the end of my life. The bottom line with Adelaide Hickson is that she was one of the people in my life that helped me become a superhero of love, who helped me remove the things that would stop me from loving or being loved. She was a force to be reckoned with and she would tell me what was stopping me from loving or being loved so I bow to Adelaide Hickson today and thank her for all that she was to me and I will do a special dance in her honor tonight a special dance of celebration of her life thank you Adelaide for all that you are. If you like this podcast, please go rate, review it, subscribe to it. It helps bring more superheroes of love into the fold. So if you can do that for us, pass it on to friends, tell people about it. Um, go back in the history of the Superhero of Love podcast because I've interviewed a bunch of really cool people since it started um, over a year and a half ago. Um, so please to help me share it with the world. And also if you haven't bought superhero of love, heal your broken heart and then go save the world, please go do so. Um, and buy it for your friends for Christmas. What a great, what a great gift. It's really, really inexpensive on Amazon right now. <laughs> so it's basically a stocking stuffer. <laughs> so a really heartwarming stocking stuffer can be had for a very, very low price. Literally, it's like five bucks right now. It's unbelievable. So uh, check it out wherever you buy your books. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great day, superhero.